Welcome to the Strategy Sherpa Show, a series of organic discussions between hosts David Chavez and a variety of notable business leaders centered around their most significant failures and how they handled those challenges so listeners can learn from their most teachable moments and apply the lessons to their organizations. Now, here's your host, David Chavez. Welcome to the Strategy Sherpa Show. This is David Chavez, and I have a special show for you today. Not only did I, I didn't bring a um, somebody onto the show, I brought the most important people in my life onto the show, and all the coaches from Assured Strategy are here. I, I think we're missing one or two, but but we have them here to talk about some of our clients. We're not going to tell you their names, but we're going to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that we've had helping them and what we did to help them and how they overcame some of those challenges. Just to give you a different perspective from our side of what we see out there commonly out in the marketplace. So let me introduce everybody to you. Um, so let's start off with Kane. Um, Kane, do you want to give a quick introduction? What's your background? How long you've been with us? Things like that. Sure. Um, my name is Kane Petkovich, and I have been knowing David and working with him since 2014. When he was actually the executive coach for my company, he came in to teach us how to scale up our business. And in the context of that relationship, we began to work together more professionally um, in 2015. So I've been with the Shirt Strategy since then. And my background is really more in uh, behavioral health, working as a therapist originally, and then in executive management for the majority of, of my career till I joined uh, Sure Strategy. So I'm really excited to talk about some of the challenges with leadership and operations. Yeah, don't let Kane um, diminish herself at all because she's developed our leadership training program. She's developed a lot of our coaching programs and everything. So she's quite an amazing uh, part of the team and very instrumental in what we're doing today. So thank you, Kane. Ted, mm -hmm. give an introduction if you would, please. Yeah, so I'm Ted Sarvata. I've been with Assured Strategy about six years, but I've been coaching for about uh, 13 and that's when I met David was at, when I became a coach and we have always be, been friends and uh, joined the team. And uh, before that, I was working in a startup that was using some of the tools that we teach now, although not nearly as effectively as most of our clients today. Yeah. And I see you have some masterpieces behind you from your kids when they were younger. Um, so and I love that you keep those up just to keep that reminder of when they're young. They're 15 now. So yeah, it's a yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I know they're older. All right, Warren, introduce yourself if you would, please. Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Warren Sager, and I've been a coach at Assured Strategy a little under two years now. Uh, and formerly, I am a CEO entrepreneur myself, and I'd uh, scaled and sold many businesses over the years and made a lot of mistakes like most CEOs do. So that's why I love the show, actually. And now my goal is to figure out how to help other CEOs not make some of the mistakes that I made. And that's why I became a coach. Yeah, those of you who have uh, watched the show or uh, or listened to the show a little bit, we just had the uh, the CEO from Moxie on not too long ago, and Warren was the one who recommended him to me, and he was just a fantastic guest. Warren, we really enjoyed having him on. And matter of fact, I would probably say that was probably one of the uh, one of the great shows that's going to go down in um, uh, the Strategy Sherpa Show history. Oh, that, that's great. Yeah. Moxie is a great company and Charlie Davis is a really great CEO. 
Yeah, Charlie, he's uh, awesome. Just it was awesome. All right, um, LJ, introduce yourself, if you would, please. Absolutely. I'm Lisa Jane Vargas, and I've been with Assured Strategy as a coach for about almost two years. And uh, I've known David for a little longer than that. About and five or six years, huh? Yeah. Part of my um, my career includes working in finance and hospitality and health and fitness and about 25 years in the behavioral health field as well, um, mostly on the business side and ended up there in that corporate career as in the C-suite and then went out on my own and have my own business and um, just really enjoyed doing the coaching and leadership training primarily here at Assured Strategy. Um, I lived it, breathed it, and now I get to work with others around those topics. So yeah, yeah, that's one of the great things about LJ is she had to, she's done a lot of the work with us and then came into the group and now she's actually ha- helping other people with it. So it's just um, pretty fascinating to have you here and um, thank you for coming into the show today. And we're uh, uh, the, uh, the best for last, Michelle. That's ah. the only way I could say it at this point. So, uh, so, so uh, share a little bit about you and how long you've been here and how we met. So hi, everybody. I'm Michelle Barry, and I've been here for almost a month. Um, (laughs) One of the most moving and important months of my life. And and I I say that not not only in jest. Um, I've spent the past 19 years uh, and still am as a Visage chair working with CEOs and C-suite executives of small to mid-sized and even some large organizations helping them learn and grow, become better leaders who make better decisions and get better results. And so what I love about the opportunity to bring that background and to bring those skills here to the Assured Strategy team is to to work together and collaboratively to bring these things to life and to help really in depth with a lot of leaders in, in our client organizations. It's just really exciting and a great team to be a part of. Yeah, we're so so glad to have you. Um, I, I I love it. Um, your business acumen is so strong. It's just a it, it's been amazing meeting you, getting to know you a little bit, and then um, bringing you onto the team. And we're really excited to have you here. And we look forward to you working with some of our mo- largest clients because you'll definitely be able to help them quite a bit in the strategy, execution, cash, and um, people sense. So uh, we're we're looking forward to that. And uh, right now, Michelle is just working on getting certified with scaling up. Warren, Ted, and I are all scaling up coaches. And then um, Lisa Jane and Kane are our people experts. So uh, they handle a lot of the people side of the business. So um, great. So what I want to do with everyone is I want to talk a little bit about some of the challenges our clients. So on the Strategy Sherpa Show, what we do, and you guys are aware of it, but I want to make sure the audience is too. What we do is we talk about decisions that went wrong right? Part of growing a company is, is that there's a lot of wrong decisions that end up being made. How did we under, you know, what were the circumstances when we made that decision? Why did we make the decision we made? Because when we made it, we thought it was the best decision known to man, right? Um, so, so, and then what ended up happening, it went awry, right? Everything went the other way. And we're like, Boy, that was not a great decision in the end. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, And so what we're doing is we share that on the show so that people can understand that part of growing and growing a scaling company is mistakes. And it's really important to have those mistakes because 
as um, uh, one of the guests said recently, um, you know what? I think I actually learned how to be an entrepreneur through my mistakes. And I loved when he said it that way because it really helped it helps people understand that the mistakes are part of the game. And although although they hurt sometimes, they're part of the game. So I thought, hey, let's get all the coaches together and talk about some of the mistakes we've seen. And then how did we help the clients get through some of those mistakes? So I don't know who wants to go first, but we can arm wrestle or we could just uh, pick somebody who wants to go first. I'm happy to to start off with the leadership stuff unless we want to start off in the other area. Oh, no, no, no. Go for it. Well, I think one of the biggest um, mistakes that got me personally in, you know, working with you at all, you know, David, in this whole uh, field was the fact that that our company invested quite significantly in growth, right? We, we brought in an executive coach. We implemented scaling up. We were doing all of this great work at the executive level. And we did not, um, I think, appreciate or understand the importance of getting the middle leaders into alignment with what we were trying to do at the executive level. And so we spent a lot of time and energy working in a small group, but we never actually had a cohesive way of training down and teaching down and pushing down the empowerment with the middle leaders in order to actually implement the strategic execution strategies that were being discussed from both the strategy perspective as well as the execution of that strategy. So I think the lack of understanding the significance and what we really needed for all of the leaders in a company to get involved in change was a huge mistake. And I think that's really what propelled you and I beginning to work together. Um, and we can talk more about that later in terms of different programs. But but that, for me, was the biggest aha in in getting to know you and working at the executive level with, with the scaling up material. Yeah. I love, I love, I love that you say that came because like um, um, one, uh, I say there's two driving problems in really growing companies, right? Um, processes that aren't, don't exist or that are not being used anymore because they were s- set for a smaller company and now they've grown and the processes just don't work anymore. And then the other issue that we run into probably on most every client we work on is the lack of leadership in the middle management area. Um, There's just a real gap there. And what ends up happening is the executive team could be doing all this great thinking and have all these great objectives, but working it through the company if 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 they don't have a strong foundation of the next level down, it just stops, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think what we found, at least for me personally, was that we all understood the material differently. And therefore, we were teaching our own leaders below us differently without any sort of cohesion. And we were learning some basic things. I mean, I'd been an executive director uh, and worked in business for years and years, and I was still learning from you what the difference to strategy was versus execution, right? Strategic execution strategy. We, we all had these terms mixed up in our head. So just the fundamental understanding of business was at different levels, even though you call yourself an executive team. And we were all doing everything completely differently with no cohesion. So that was really uh, the aha for me regarding implementing and investing in I can just team. add to that, King, from, from what I've seen in organizations that, that are big enough to have middle management is that the the age and experience level of middle managers now is younger than ever before. 
Most because of the baby boomers retiring. Right. So you look at the CEO, then you look at the C-suite below the CEO. Most people who are VPs now are VPs at younger ages with less years of tenure than ever before. And that difference pushes through all the way down. So you have people currently in middle management who have nowhere near the level of experience as middle managers used to have. So it, it just are augments the need to really accelerate their growth and development so that your business can keep up with where you're trying to go strategically. Love yeah, it. Well, Love it. Anybody else have anything to add on this? Because this is a pretty important thing, what we're talking about right now. I do kind of tag teaming on all that is the the idea or the culture of communication or lack of communication. And what I've noticed uh, in some situations is the um, natural culture is to not speak up or not confront because we are afraid of confrontation or how the, the feelings might occur and things like that. So, but, but really it's kind of the opposite, you know, like we, we want to have healthy conflict. We want to have that open communication. And we were actually talking about it a little bit earlier today, how, you know, different styles of communication is important to understand as well. So that's, yeah, I I, I think you're really hitting on it, LJ, really well. Um, Thank you, Kane, for that. Um, Thank you for everybody that gave a little little input there. Um, We're going to take a break because this is a live radio show and we do have um, um, commercials that come on. So we're going to take a little break. This is the Strategy Sherpa show. And I have the Strategy Sherpa team with me. And um, we're here talking about some of the things we run into with clients. So we're going to take a really quick break and we'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Velato. Our vision at Velato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our jet share program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all the, the revenue that that plane generates. Anyone can learn the keys to success from podcasts, TED Talks, and other forms of media. But what you really don't learn is the failures that lead up to that point. Join David Chavez on the Strategy Sherpa Show as he and notable business leaders have that discussion and teach you how valuable it is to learn from your failures. The Strategy Sherpa Show, Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. 
That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show. And today I'm I'm, I'm very humbled because I have uh, uh, quite a few of our coaches here with me. And we're all talking about some of the challenges we see with our clients with scaling their company and some of the mistakes that they made. And Kane just uh, shared a really good one with us. I don't think they fully understand what she said of the impact of the middle leader's not really ever being trained in leadership and how we end up with these people is they're great trades people. And as we're scaling and growing the company, we promote them. But the one thing we forget to do is teach them how to, how to be leaders and really take some of that responsibility and accountability on. So thank you, Kane, for sharing that right before the break. Um, Who wants to go next? I do. All right. Yeah, I want to jump in on this whole idea of communicating and people being afraid to say what needs to be said for all kinds of reasons. Um, So I have a story where one of the executives on the team, uh, some things weren't going right in his life. And people saw things over the course of probably six months, like they went to a trade show and he just disappeared and was gone for like eight hours and nobody knew where he was. But nobody said anything, including to the CEO because we're being nice to each other, you know, cover it up. It's like, well, he probably had a good reason, but nobody said anything. Well, several incidents like this happened and we ended up at an executive retreat and I'm not going to get into the details, but it turned out that he had some pretty serious issues that needed to be handled by professionals, mental health professionals, substance abuse professionals. And it came out that every single person on that team had a story about this person that they hadn't shared with each other. And so they hadn't put the details together. And this is a person with three little kids who needs to take care of his family, but he can't work in this business, not behaving this way. And so when it came to the point of of taking care of the situation, when they finally got to the root of it, well, they put him on medical leave. They did the right thing. They sent him to help, you know, they gave him the help that he needed, but it's up to him then to take care of what he's going to do. And it turned out that he didn't come back. He didn't come back to that business. And it's a shame, right? It's a shame because he had a lot to offer. The business is better off now because they did the right thing. Once it finally came to a head, they acted quickly and they solved the problem in that moment. They promoted somebody within into that position, you know, they and they worked through it. They worked through it very well together but they really noticed months and months and months of things that they could have been sharing with each other that they hadn't. Wow. That's, uh, that's impactful. And, um, you can all see how, how much confidentiality is in us. Um, we're very confidential about our clients. We don't even really talk about them that much, um, with each other, unless we need help with something's getting a sticking us or something, because we're, we like to keep the clients confidential stuff confidential as much as we possibly can. But Ted, right now, we're not going to give the client names. What ended up happening? Was it a substance abuse problem? I believe it was. Okay. And, and so you never really found out, but, but they went and got help. And so because they finally started talking about it, they could actually get that person some help. That's right. And the reason I don't know all the answers is, of course, confidentiality back the other way, too, because the medical, you know, once the referral is made, then the medical people need to do what they need to do. It just turned out that this person never came back to the company. 
Yeah. And, and, and so um, does anybody have anything to add or a similar type of situation that has happened in, with one of their clients? I would say far less uh, dire than the sort of personal tragedy that that could have wound up to be uh, are, are the sort of everyday business problem solving lack of communication and and hesitancy to disagree with one another, particularly if it's somebody who's in a position higher up the food chain. Right. And the problem that the problem with that is then you don't get the best ideas on the table. So. And so, you know, you whoever's the loudest voice in the room might get the ideas pushed through, but that doesn't make it the best idea. That just makes it the loudest idea. So it's really, really critical to help leadership teams and and all throughout down the whole organization really bring up the the topics that need to be spoken of, whether it's a workplace safety issue or a you know a strategic opportunity or doing the right thing for a customer, whatever it is, it, once you learn how to speak straight in your organization, you can't imagine going back. But until you learn how, you can't imagine doing it, right? That, uh, um, I love the way you just said that because that's really powerful because I will tell you, we do get resistance when we're trying to teach people this. Is that a fair comment, everybody? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have this saying that people have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. We say that all the time to clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's easy to it's easy to judge, right? And criticize and condemn. And then that puts us in certain positions and roles. And we might not really understand our teammates, but when we apply some of the tools that we teach to get to know our teammates better and from their strengths and weaknesses, it takes that, cuts that out. It really cuts that down. Not completely. I mean, it takes a while to learn all that and, and practice it, but it, 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 it can turn teams around like 180 and, and for the better. And I've seen it happen. Right. We have a lot of stories about companies that are sort of growing, growing a little bit, growing a little bit that just start taking off when they do this. And the, um, we just had a client that we, um, Ted and I were just sharing some time with them. They had, what was the percentage increase in their revenue? Um, I think it was um, 33%. But this is the, we're talking about uh, um, like, um, seven or eight digit numbers, eight digit numbers actually. Um, and, and when you get up into those eight digits, a 33% growth is astronomical. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, um, the growth was, I think it was a little over 15 million, right, Ted, the, uh, we were on that and that's a lot. And that's a lot of change and a lot of change in one year. Right. So there's a lot that, that goes on with that. I love the comments. So, um, thank you, uh, Ted, for sharing that with us. And I think that, um, you know, I do have a client story around this too. Um, I, I helped the client go from 23 million to 67 million, worked with them for three years doing that. And the, unfortunately the CEO had a substance abuse problem. The company is now gone, but this company had so much potential. It could have probably been at a billion right now if it wasn't for that substance abuse problem. And you know what? One of the sad parts is, you know who the only one who was talking to him about it? Was me. And when everybody else started talking to him about it, he started to realize what it was. It was too late then. The company was already 
too gone by that time. So, and he couldn't ever get it back even after he went through the process of, of helping himself. So very important. Um, it's, so it's very important. You stay away from these much happier ending story of learning how to speak straight. One of my, excuse me, one of my clients <clears throat> had a supervisor in the construction, uh, construction adjacent realm, had a supervisor that the entire leadership team believed had the phenomenal relationship with their number one client. And the supervisor's behavior was toxic to employees, but they believed that this supervisor was critical to the client relationship and was half the company's revenue. I mean, half of their revenue. But we had this meeting and we had this, this, this mantra, no sacred cows, no sacred cows. We're going to live up to our values, no sacred cows. So they, you know, they sort of, you know, tighten up and they looked at each other like, you guys, we have to do it. We have to confront this supervisor. We have to be direct with them. So they did. The supervisor ended up quitting in a huff. Come to find out, client hated him. <laughs> client hated him. Hated him. <laughs> the, uh, um, told them, oh my God, we're such so a common glad story. We got rid of this guy. So yes. not so not only that, but the client then gave them significantly more business because they liked the other people they were working with so much more. So they ended up, they were about 12 million at that time. And this was, you know, maybe 10 years ago. At this point, they're in the 500, 800 million range. Nice. So they are significantly grown, but that was a turning point for their leadership team to really embrace bringing their values to life all the time, no matter the perceived risk, we have to live our values. And they got known for that in their industry. They got known for that amongst employees, people looking for jobs, amongst customers. And that has propelled them to success. And they use that as a turning point um, in their in their organization. It, it, it's great how you're saying it too, because there's so many things that we block ourselves with in our own minds, right? Mm -hmm. And that's some of the work that we do is we help people see some of these things so they can actually move past them because that blocker ended up being a blocker to their growth, actually, when they thought it was going to be a hindrance to their growth by um, yep. moving on from this person. Great story. I don't know if that was your input or do you, uh, if you have something else even. Um, so we have, I think there's three of you here that haven't shared anything yet. Does Do any of you want to share? I will in a minute, but I want to uh, piggyback off what Michelle was talking about. Yes, please. We hear, we hear all the time this whole idea, if you got an, an employee or someone on the team that's a challenge or, you know, not living up to the core values. And after you as you know, do all the things you need to do to try to get them right. Then all of a sudden you do ultimately maybe let them go. Everyone always says, what took you so long? So <laughs> this whole idea of sometimes, you know, that you got to do things faster and, and have those conversations and make those decisions in a faster way. No one ever says, oh man, you know, we, we should have, you know, kept them longer. It's always, we should have let them go sooner. Right. And and I think what really is challenging a lot of times, Warren, is, is you know, we know their families, um, you know them personally, they know your family. You know, there's a lot of things that come into play what makes these decisions really, really challenging when you're in the moment and it's hard to see. And that's what coaches do. We really help 
people see the things that they can't see. And, and we give them a different perspective because we just ask hard questions and challenge our beliefs. And what we end up doing is helping them get unstuck from things that are blocking them from getting the results that they're trying to get. Fair and way of saying fair, it? In my client's situation, they did not fire him. They dealt with him directly. He quit in a huff because he didn't want to change to live up to their values and their principles. Yeah, that's great. Um, so we're out of time break, guys. It's a, This is a live radio show and we do have bills to pay. So we're going to take a few commercials here and we'll be right back. This is Strategy Sherpa Show. This is David Chavez with the uh, Strategy Sherpa team. And we're here talking to about our some of our clients. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. It's the Strategy Sherpa Show. This is David Chavez, and I have the whole Assured Strategy team with me today. And we thought it would be a really great show to share some of the insights we get from working with clients, some of the challenges that they're experiencing, and how we help them get past some of these challenges so they could move their company on to something else. And Michelle, I think you have something you're ready to share. So we'll just go and have you go. Sure. So this is a client that I've been working with for a, a long time. When uh, when I first started working with him, he had no plans. He was not even in his own location. He was renting space from another company. And and his his big goal, his 10-year goal, which he thought was just a dream, was to have his own physical location for his organization. So 
we had uh, uh, a, a person come in to talk about Vern Harnish and the Rockefeller habits and scaling up. And we agreed this would be a great method to use in his organization. So we began the scaling up strategy and the model and doing the, the, you know, the weekly meetings and the monthly and the quarterly. So he, his first 10 year goal at that point was to have his own physical location, which he had in nine years. And mm. looking back, uh, when he, right before COVID hit and shutdown hit, he looked back and he realized every single goal that he'd had, he'd already met. And so we were just scheduling the next opportunity to get together and really think big about where he wanted to go you know, 10, 15 years from now when the quarantine happened. And he abandoned all of the planning and all of the weekly meetings and all that just to firefight, right? Just to get through. Well, three years almost later, this past fall, we were in an, an executive coaching session and I asked him how you know, how things have been going because it's been a while since I've heard about any of his weekly meetings or his plans. Right. And he's like, you know, <laughs> that's there's a reason you haven't heard about the weekly meetings and the monthly meetings and the quarterlies and the annuals because there haven't been any. I'm like, what? That, you know, that was such a successful model. He's like, it really was. I said, well, how's the company been performing? He said, well, to be fair, we made it through COVID. I'm like, yay. But, and he said, but, we have been stagnant the entire time, the entire time. And he's like, and I want to get moving. And I just don't feel like we can do it if we don't bring back the scaling up approach and bring back the way of executing because we're not doing anything but the day to day on our own. We're just not, we can't think of it that way. We need that help to really take a look at the business and figure out where do we really want to go and what do we really need to prioritize to get there? And and that was, you know, to me, I mean, so we had a meeting in the fall and they're going to do another, uh, you know, annual meeting this spring and get them sort of, you know, we, the meeting in the fall was to get them rebooted, if you will, you know, a, a post-COVID do-over. But, yeah. you know, it's like you can't, he realized it's like we can't stop, you can never stop doing what it really takes to run a company really well. Because as yeah. soon as you stop doing it, things just stagnate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it drops quickly. Mm -hmm. And and for him, now he spent three years and he could have been advancing his company quite a bit. And he will again, too. Oh, because, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. because they're on the what, move. Yeah. And what, and what Scaling Up really says about this, and um, we talk quite a bit about this, is less is more, right? A lot of times we set like 20 priorities when it needs to be three things you're really focusing your attention on. And what you have to do is shoo away all the flies. We're just doing three right now, right? Yep. And as entrepreneurs, we only want 400 things being done at once. And um, I don't get 400 things. I only get three or four. And when I figure out what the three or four most important things are, which scaling up methodology helps you think about. And it's also a good coach that's asking those hard questions and challenging those beliefs that really brings out that plan to what they really can achieve. Well, I think, you know, everybody has awesome intentions, right? So everybody at his company was working really hard on things they thought were really important. Mm -hmm. It's just that when you take a whole company full of people, Every single one is going to define what's really important differently. 
Yeah. And so then you've got everybody sort of doing something really important in their mind, but it's not necessarily brought together to really move the company forward as an entire organization. Yeah. Does and anybody have anything that, on that? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Kane. Go for it. Come on. No, I was just going to say, Michelle, I think that's one of the most important things that leaders need to do is set that alignment for the organization. And so part of the work of the senior team and then trickle down across all the leaders is being able to create that alignment for, for your staff, because otherwise the staff will come in and just do the very best they can, but they're not all going in the same direction. They're good people and they're working hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Uh, I, I, I always say it's entrepreneurism is like um, there's different stages where you have to have different things that you're doing. And um, we all get in the, we, we, we're, we're dedicated to what we're doing. We'll work 20 hours if we have to work 20 hours, but that's not going to lead to a very healthy life in the end. So um you gotta, you gotta, you, doing this stuff can really clean up some of those issues. So it's great. Thank you. Um, so Warren, LJ, who wants to go first? You're the last two. Ready, LJ? You want me to go? Well, I've just been really talking. I'll go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think she answered your question, right? That I've, I've been noticing, but one of the things that is a kind of a consistent theme with clients that I've worked with is this um, belief or habit, let's call it, or patterns of the CEO or owner of the company getting into the weeds, into the day-to-day -day where they need not be. And that can cause a lot of mistakes and challenges, and they might not even know it. And well, again, like this, we're kind of holding the mirror up saying, this is what's going on. And they might even push back and argue, um, fault, like kind of be okay for a while and kind of take the path that we're helping them on. And then they might fall back. And that's like normal, natural behavior, right? Uh, but that seems to be a challenge I see quite often. And so we can talk about, you know, where are you spending your time? And is it more big picture strategic planning, thinking with, the, you know, the, the things that we teach um, or are like, are, is there control um, wanted or needed where they need to be in that day to day and, and having, you know, those one-off meetings when they, their managers need to be having those meetings, you know, those kinds of things. So that's kind of a big picture concept of what I see consistently. And, and it's, it's doable to work through, and come through to the other side and 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 I've seen it and when when these leaders share what how the transition and change has happened for them there is freedom they talk it you can hear you can see it in their body language and the way they're sharing what they're they're working on now and and the goals that they're working on they have better time for things it's it's really amazing when it happens so yeah and you know LJ I think, oh, sorry, go ahead, Warren. Yeah, I was going to say, as you're saying that, what, what happens all the time is these leaders think they're actually helping their team and supporting them. What they're really doing is constraining them or holding them back. And mm -hmm. once they let go and let everyone breathe, it's amazing how much more that can happen and what people are, are able to accomplish. I know I'm, I'll go, Crane, and then I'll go after you because I, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, oftentimes I think that there's a lot of fear regarding, you know, not only giving up the control, but a lack of trust 
that and the empowerment to allow people to make mistakes because they view mistakes as bad. And so there's a whole culture of a lack of, um, you know, letting people do their job and then holding them accountable to their job and that micromanagement and the lack of delegation. I mean, you talk top bottom, all of the different, you know, topics that we train on, all those issues are going on a lot of times primarily around some concept of fear. Yeah. And and, and I, I would just say that a lot of times when this is going on, uh, um, it, it is, and what I see a lot is it's not always the leader that's causing the issue. It could be the employees causing some of the issue too. So it's good to look at all the different aspects of like what's causing the control. And one of the things I say to entrepreneurs when I speak to entrepreneurial groups or or CEO groups that that um, that we're talking to is is that it's it's. It's really easy to grow a company with control because we, when we start a company, we're going to do it better than anyone else. And that control gets the company going, right? But at a certain point, it actually becomes the barrier to growth. Mm -hmm. So LJ, I love that you're bringing up this topic because- when you go, we go into companies, one of the biggest issues we see are the leaders are stopping the growth through control. And it's interesting because when we're trying to help people, sometimes we get resistance from them. And when we're getting resistance, what 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 ends up happening? It's happened a few times where there's some kind of catalyst that takes the senior leader out right? Like they're sick or something happens or some family issue happens or some life issue takes them away from the business a little bit. And then they're gone for a month or two. And then when they come back, everything's still working. And they're like, I really didn't need, I really don't need to be involved in all this, do I? And so that, that epiphany that happens. So Warren, we got about a minute before the break. Why don't you share your story a little bit right before the break, and then we'll sure. come back and digest it afterwards. Great idea. Um, so I thought long and hard about a, a great story that I think will, will work here. And this whole idea of a company that I was working with, that after working with them for a couple of quarters, we usually work on these 90-day sprints to, to move things along with the business, something that's you know something you could digest. 13-week race, right? 13-week race, yeah. After they, they did that a few times, they were doing okay, but they really weren't getting the results that they were looking for. And so all of a sudden we said, well, why not? Well, every time we would talk about what should have happened or what we wanted to see happen, everyone gave a reason why this didn't happen or that didn't happen. And it made sense. I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds reasonable. But there wasn't really a good, strong sense of accountability to get those results and what those specific results were. So, so that was the challenge. And boy, we coaches, right? You see this all the time, this overall lack of accountability with the team and, and individuals. And so we, we had to work on figuring out how to bring accountability back into the organization. And, and we'll talk about that right after the break. I hate to interrupt you, but we have a hard break and we got to take this break. So this is Strategy Sherpa Show. This is David Chavez. We'll be right back after this break. Birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. How do you cultivate braver, more daring leaders? And how do you embed the value of courage in your culture? 
How do you take charge of your life and achieve your goals and bring about positive changes that propel you forward? On The Leader's Edge, join your hosts, Steve and Ernie, as they bring a mix of insights in personal and leadership growth that shapes your culture and the culture around you. Lean in and learn intentionally how to accelerate into your next best life. Tune into The Leader's Edge with Ernalita DeCumos and Steve Steele, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Volato. Our vision at Volato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our jet share program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all the the revenue that that plane generates. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. All right, this is David Chavez. This is the Strategy Sherpa Show, and we're back, and we were just talking to Warren about accountability. And I want to bring back something Kane said a little bit earlier because it's so important. Micromanagement, accountability. These two terms get mixed up a lot. Micromanagement is when I'm standing over the top of you and telling you how to do something. Accountability is, and micromanagement is not asking what's going on and how are you doing. I think that we get mixed up sometimes when we're asking, hey, how's it going? What's going on? That's not micromanagement. Knowing what's going on is not micromanagement. That's accountability. Not telling people how to do it, that is where the micromanagement part comes in. Oh, you have to do this this way. This has to be done that way. Um, And never can the person use their imagination or gifts to solve the issue. They have to solve it the way the micromanager is telling them to solve it, right? So I, I just wanted to clear that up a little bit, but let's get into it a little bit, Warren. So what did you do to help these this person? So you probably have a client in mind that you were thinking of. Yep. What did you have to do to help them through? So we, we brought up this whole idea of job scorecards, which is creating very specific you know guidelines for these roles. One, so what is the job scorecard? What What's the why behind the job? What is the job supposed to accomplish? 
What are the requirements, the specific tasks and things they need to do? But the most important thing then is the KPIs, key performance indicators, the things that we're actually measuring so they can know, are they doing a great job? Are they hitting their numbers? Are they making things happen? Uh, but, but that was the first thing. So after you create these, these job scorecards and you want to create them with the team so there's buy-in, if you just say, well, this is what you do and you just shove it down people's throats, it's not the same as them having ownership of it. So once you get that ownership and you collaboratively come up with these, these job scorecards, then you need to make sure everyone, of course, learns them and, and uses them. And the, the meeting rhythms, which is something we also teach, right, is, is the way where these come alive where you hold people accountable, there's transparency, people reporting, they're saying when there's a challenge or they're stuck. So you don't get to the end of that 13-week race at a quarter and they realize they missed it. But we would know each week and every week how they're doing towards that. And that's what really brings the accountability to life. So I'm sure you guys got all got great thoughts on, on things you, you talk about or see around this idea of accountability. Yeah, most definitely. Big topic. All of this. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the last things we wanted to do on the show today is we wanted to talk a little bit about one of our clients and it's a larger client and uh, that we do quite a bit of work with. And um, LJ, I'll let you take it from there because we're not going to divulge who the client is, but they are in manufacturing. So we'll just let the the, the audience know that. Sure. Uh, well, I came on as the third coach to this account. And since we've been working with them for what, five years or so, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. And they have seen tremendous success and return and results. And so I came in, gosh, almost a year ago uh, as a leadership coach, uh, training coach, and been working with the middle leaders, those who are in management or heading into management. And it's been such a delight working with them. Uh, they're just like sponges, you know, absorbing all this material and some of it more than others topics. Um, we do it for a year uh, and now actually it's going to be a rolling program. But what I wanted to say was, you know, this is a differentiator or, or something that we do here at Assured Strategies mm -hmm. because we have a team of coaches and we all have different uh, strengths and and weaknesses that we can bring to a client and what's been happening with this client now is how can we help them integrate the executive level learnings that they've had over the years with the middle managers and then the middle managers you know sending it down to their teams and really providing this integrated model and approach so that they can grow even more so that's kind of my my piece of this. And then I'm working with Kane and, and Ted on, on this as well. So I don't know if you guys wanted to jump in. Yeah. Well, the, well, 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 I, I go ahead, Ted, go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was going to say one of the things that I find I do most often with this particular client, right. Is I'm checking in with the other coaches that are working. So I know issues that are going on. And then I am saying things that seem a little provocative to the CEO in executive meetings. And so my, part of my job is to have, the CEO get a little angry with me sometimes or get a little defensive or or feel like I don't do this on purpose. Like I want her to be defensive, but I want to bring up things to her that I'm seeing or that we're hearing so that her team members start to see it's safe. Even when she gets angry with me, even when we have a little bit of a tiff in a meeting, we're over it in like five minutes and it's fine. Because again, we talked earlier in this in this uh, show 
about people not wanting to say things because they don't want to hurt their feelings or they don't want to be the they don't want to be on the receiving end of anger. You know what? It doesn't hurt. Ultimately, the anger doesn't hurt us. You know, in a meeting, when, when people talk to each other and it seems a little bit angry. And so I become the punching bag for the CEO because I bring stuff up that other people aren't willing to do. And then once it's all over, I say, hey, guys, look, I'm right here. I'm not dead. I'm not injured. I'm not in the hospital. I'm OK. You can do it, too. And so this is a place where I get a lot of information from LJ or from our other coaches because all different areas of the business, they give feedback and then I feed it back to the CEO. I would just tell you that like as a as leader at the top, it's very lonely and you've heard this before and it truly is true. If But if your team is giving you the real feedback, it takes away some of that loneliness because the loneliness part is you're not getting feedback on the things you're not doing well. So I love this conversation. I know others have input on this. So Kane, Michelle, Warren, anything? Yeah, I just wanted to say before we get off this client, if we back it up another level, right? You came in first with this client, David, and did some specific kind of moving them through a lot of stuck and challenge. And then after a time, the need for the different type of facilitator and different type of executive coach changed, which is then when Ted came in, right? And so you and I had worked on this client a little bit together me doing leadership training um, and you doing the executive work. And then now it's, it's, it's Ted and Lisa Jane. And I think that's some of the beauty of this, of this group is that clients need different things at different times of their business growth and business development and different times in their team um, work that they do together and in the different types of concepts that they're wanting to implement and push down in the organization. So when you have different people with different backgrounds, you can put in the right person for the right area that the company needs. And I think that, you know, not to correct you, LJ, four of us all like there's yeah, been so sorry. Many, right? <laughs> right. There's there's like yep. so many beautiful souls that have been helping this client along the way. And they're just really reaping the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. And, they're, they're and along the, along those lines, you know, they probably weren't ready for four people year one, right? So, you know, client, the, the stages of the client's growth and development warrants different, you know, services or coaches. Yeah. Yeah. I, we only have about a minute left here. So I hate to interrupt you, but yeah. but they were, they were actually wanting leadership training right at first. And we told them, no, we wouldn't do it because first of all, they really couldn't afford it. And second of all, it wouldn't have provided any value until we had some vision mm -hmm. of where we were taking the company. And they didn't understand that at the time, but they definitely understand it now. The CEO has actually said, thank you for not selling me something I didn't need. And, mm -hmm. and that's exactly right. They did not need it at that time. Well, guys, all good things come to an end. We only get a little bit of time on this show. I know we could go on forever. So we're going to do this again. I think we're going to try to do it every month or two just to bring back some of the things that we are discovering out of clients. I think this show will be very useful for people to listen to and sort of understand that they're not alone. So thank you for joining me. This is the Strategy Sherpa Show. And we have a lot of events. These wonderful people put on webinars, um, workshops, live workshops that we do. You can get on assuredstrategy.com backslash events, or you can just click on the events when you get to assuredstrategy.com and it'll share with you all the events. We try to do a couple of events 
every month if it's not a webinar or a workshop. The next live workshop we have Kane's doing in Phoenix in a couple of weeks, and it's about uh, implementing change into your company. Then we have a couple of scaling up workshops over the next year, and I think the next one is in Austin in late March. So if you're looking to at scaling up and you're interested in doing it, uh, please join us. This is Strategy Sherpa Show. This is David Chavez and the rest of Shirt Strategy team. Thank you for joining us. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. We hope we've given you some insight into the journey of success and how the road to success is laid with bricks of failure. Tune in next week for another inspiring episode.